In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The crowd of 4,000 had been following Jesus in the wilderness for three days. But there became a major problem. These people didn't have enough food to eat. For some, starvation may have been on the horizon. What was this huge crowd of people doing with Jesus in the wilderness without any food? No doubt they were listening to him and his preaching and his teaching. They had become so absorbed in teaching that they didn't adequately prepare for their own needs. They had walked into the wilderness, hanging on Jesus' every word, until they had gone so far to such a desolate place, there was nowhere for them to obtain provisions, nor any hope that they could obtain provisions. But Jesus sets up this miracle. He keeps them in the wilderness. Jesus could have sent them home before it was too late. He could have warned them. He could have sent someone into town to get provisions for them. But he kept teaching, and they forgot all else. They were, all, they were caught up and were unaware of all the dangers around them. They go into the wilderness, and suddenly, unexpectedly, they find themselves in dire need. The disciples ask, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Now our Lord does not answer the question. When it seems that these people may starve, Jesus does not give the disciples or the people a lecture on proper preparation. Instead, Jesus has compassion. And Jesus' compassion leads to action that flows and points to Jesus as God incarnate and the Savior who saves us. Spiritually and physically, He takes care of our bodies and life. Now, compassion is the word at the heart of our gospel text this morning. In Mark 8, 2, we hear once again, Jesus says, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Now, when we hear the word compassion, we think of emotion, a feeling. But in Scripture, it means much more, especially as it relates to Jesus' compassion. LCMS President Matt Harrison, in his book, Christ Have Mercy, writes about this word, compassion. In the Greek, it is an automonopia, a word that sounds like it means. The Greek word for compassion is splachnizomai. It sounds like splat. It means the spilling out of inward parts. President Harrison further explains 
that it's a sound you would hear in the temple as the sacrifices are brought to the altar. The animal was cut and the blood and the innards spilled out. Splachnizomai. It's the sound of bleeding and dying. That's what Jesus' compassion is. The pouring out of his life for another. And in the New Testament, splachnizomai is used only to describe the attitude of Jesus and it characterizes the divine nature of his acts. Jesus' compassion then is always followed by action. And we have many examples of this in Scripture. St. Matthew writes of Jesus healing two blind men. And Jesus, in pity, splachnizomai, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. St. Mark also writes of Jesus cleansing a leper. Moved with compassion, splachnizomai, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. St. Luke tells of, of raising a widow's son. When Jesus saw the widow after his son had died, Jesus had compassion, splachnizomai. Then Jesus touched the dead son and said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead son sat up and began to speak. So when Jesus sees the crowd of 4,000 there with him in the wilderness who have nothing to eat, he has compassion, splachnizomai, and he does something about it. He feeds them. Jesus took seven loaves of bread, and he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. 4,000 people in the wilderness are miraculously fed by the Lord's compassion. For when the Lord turns his eye of mercy upon us, there is no stopping his love. And that, dear people, is how it is with us. But why would Jesus have compassion on us? In the hymn of the day, in verse 1, we just sang this. Oh, how great is your compassion, faithful Father, God of grace, that with all our fallen race in our depth of degradation, you had mercy so that we might be saved eternally. It's true. We are a fallen race in our depth of degradation as this hymn indicts. We are by nature sinful and unclean. The scriptures teach us that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. We are by nature God's enemies, Romans 5.10. And we are children of wrath, Ephesians 2.3. Our diagnosis 
is bleak. Because of this, Jesus should look upon us and be disgusted with us, want nothing to do with us, be repulsed with us. But no. Jesus' gracious heart is moved to pity. He cannot let this stand. Jesus has compassion on us and is willing to be poured out for us. His blood and his life and everything. Splachnizomai. He has compassion for us and dies for us. He offers himself as a sacrifice that appeases the wrath of God. It's all his action. The sinner does none of the action. Our Lord does it all. Out of his mercy, by grace, and his endless love for us, he is the one acting, and we are the ones given to. The work of salvation, the work of cleansing the sinner, the action of saving you and me and making us children of God, it is from beginning to end our Lord's work alone. He is compassionate and merciful. He is full of mercy and grace. He looks upon us in love. He rescues us from our trespasses. He saves us and raises us up from the dead. He seats us in heaven and all that is received as a gift from him by faith. Even that faith which receives the gifts from our Lord is itself not our work, but a gift. In addition to Jesus' compassion of our souls, he has compassion for our body and our life. After all, he created us and he created this earth so that we might have life. Jesus is the one that taught us to pray, give us this daily, our daily bread. And he is the one who answers that prayer. Now remember in this small catechism, we are taught this. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. There is nothing too small that escapes the Lord's loving and fatherly care. He cares about our mundane life, about our hunger, and our health and our homes. He takes care of us. Now, it is important to note how our Lord takes care of us in both soul and body. The Lord has set up distribution systems for His compassionate gifts. To distribute the gifts of His cross the forgiveness of sins and salvation, the Lord has established His church where the scriptures are read and heard and preached and believed, where there is baptism and the Lord's Supper is distributed, where the absolution tells us that our sins are forgiven. 
In and through the church, the Lord delivers and distributes the forgiveness of sins. Now, the Lord has different means of distributing our daily bread through the farmer, the baker, and the grocer, and the like. God is at work behind all these different vocations, providing for all people all that we need for this body and life. And He is there behind every vocation. Through the government, He maintains peace. Through the banks, He protects wealth. Through the carpenter, He builds a home. Through the doctor, He fights illness and preserves life. The list goes on and on. Martin Luther called all these different vocations given in the world masks of God because God is there behind your neighbor providing you with daily bread and all that you need to support your body and life. And it's also, also true that it, God is at work through you to serve your neighbor and to provide for them. And it is this wonderful way that the Lord has promised to care or have compassion for our body and all that we need. Jesus is all about compassion for his people. Jesus says to you, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The feeding of the 4,000 with bread multiplied beyond measure is just a foretaste for the feast to come. That deep hunger that you feel, no bread from this world can fill it. That deep thirst in your soul that leaves you restless and thirsting for something more? No drink from this world can quench it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Jesus is the bread of life. Eat and drink of Him by faith in His Word. Hear His Word forgiving you. Eat and drink the bread of His body, the wine of His blood, the gifts of His cross, all for you. Jesus is the true food, the likes of which cannot be found anywhere else. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.